Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 from verse 11 to 13 we will read from the King James we will read from the Passion Translation and we will read from the Message Translation 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 11 to 13. This is good. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's read together, shall we? Want to go? O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now, for your recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Let's read from the Passion's translation. TPT. It says, my friends at Corinth, are we there together? Let's read together if you are there. TPT, let's read together, want to go. It says, my friends at Corinth, our hearts are wide open unto you, and we speak freely, holding nothing back from you. If there is a block in our relationship, it is not with us, for we carry in you in our hearts with great love, yet you still withhold your affections from us. So I speak to you as our children, Make room in your hearts for us as we have done for you. Now, let's read finally from the message translation. The message translation. Let's read together if you're there. Want to go. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I am speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly. Live expansively. Glory to God. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for your presence here. We know you are here to do us good. And we, we receive all that you have for us today. With, with hearts beaming with gratitude, we say thank you. For you are good and gracious. And your faithful love endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. On the way to your seats, can you say a loud amen? Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. All right, so this morning we are starting a new series. Yeah, that's a good picture. It's called Chronicles of the Big Life. Chronicles of the Big Life. And today's episode is Big Life Factory. Big Life Factory. So, um, Chronicles of the Big Life basically has to do with the records of your life in terms of how it is aligned with God's design. Um, that you keep records. So, when you say Chronicles, it's that you keep record after record of how good your life is because you are aligned. Can we say amen? Amen. So it's record after record. Now, now listen to this because this is, this is very important. Um, it is important that the chronicles of your life are in alignment with God's design. It's very important. So chronicles of the big life has to do with the records that you are keeping that is in sync or in alignment with God's design. Now, let me say this. If you're keeping records, it means that the big life is not a one-off. The big life is a regular. Okay, it's, a, it's not a one-off. It's not something that happens once in 10 years. It's not something that happens once in a, in, in a century. It's something that happens on a regular basis And that is what God wants you to know. Now, this morning, we start this series with the Big Life Factory. The Big Life Factory. Now, the question is, where is the big life made? Where is the big life made? I'm going to be answering that question. And then the second question I'm going to be answering this morning is, what is the big life? What is the big life? What is the big life? And where exactly is the big life made? All right. So our opening scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. Remember that Paul had said in his writings, he said, I determined to know nothing amongst you except Christ and him crucified. Um, I determined to know nothing amongst you except Christ and him crucified. And when I came to you, I did not come to you with superfluity of human wisdom. I came to you in the power of the spirit and in the power of the gospel. And we know that the power of the gospel is what we call salvation. He says, I am not ashamed of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God, what? Unto what? Salvation to everyone who believes. So Paul is saying, I did not come to you with superfluity of human wisdom. I came to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. So when he is speaking to the Corinthian church and asking them to open up their lives, he's asking them to open up themselves to the gospel. And we say amen. Amen. So, Paul is not speaking out of context here. Paul is speaking within the context 
of asking them to, hey, we have opened our hearts to you. Now we want you to open your hearts to us. We have brought you the gospel. We want you to open your hearts to us. And I like the way the message translation puts it. It seems as though that when a person opens their hearts to the message and to the gospel, they have received the passports to the big life. Can we say amen? amen? Now let me quickly say this, and oh, you'll be so blessed today. Amen. Glory to God. The gospel has brought you into the reality of the big life that Jesus died to give. The gospel has brought you into the big life that Jesus died to give. Now let's quickly define what the big life is. The big life is not first class tickets. The big life is not yacht, Bahamas trip. The big life may include that, but it is not limited to that. The big life is not you living in in the best hotels or in five-star hotels all around the world. That is not the big life. The big life is not Dubai chilling, you know. <laughs> that is not the big life. That is not the big life. I want to be very clear. That when we talk about the big life, we are not talking about that at all. Now, I'm not saying we are excluding that. I'm just saying we are not talking about that. The big life is having an abundance. Write this down. It's very important. It is having an abundance to fulfill God's purpose for your life. The big life is having an abundance of everything that is required to fulfill God's purpose for your life. I want to say that again. The big life is having an abundance of everything that is required to fulfill God's purpose for your life. That's what the big life is. It is being super abundantly supplied with everything that is required to live God's purpose for your life. Super abundantly supplied. Praise God forevermore. Now, when the moment we talk about purpose... Some people begin to think, I've not found my purpose. I've not found my purpose. I've not found my purpose. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? Chill. Relax. Now, there are two things that I want to mention as I go into this teaching. There is the generic purpose that is for every believer. And then, of course, there is the specific. Whilst you are on your way to the specific, the specific now... Let me just quickly say this, because this is a purpose-driven church. Let me just quickly say this, that there is no purpose that God will give you in life that will be outside of the gospel. None. He will not give you a purpose that will not be primarily about the gospel. Even if you're a business person, even if you're a lawyer, even if the gospel is usually the front burner of every purpose. Can we say amen? amen? If you're making money... And your money making is not centered around the gospel. The question is, what are you pushing exactly? <laughs> what are you pushing? Drugs? What are you pushing? We push the gospel. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. The power of God is in this place. Somebody is being healed right now. Somebody is being healed of, of a terrible heart condition. The Lord has healed you. you. You feel some very severe pains in your chest every, every now and then. It's a lady. Every now and again, very severe. Sometimes you have to 
hold your chest. The Lord has just healed you. That pain stops now. You will never experience it again. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So the big life is living life according to God's purpose. That's the big life. Living life according to God's purpose. Now there is the generic purpose and there is the specific purpose. Whilst you're on your way to finding the specific purpose, make sure you live in the generic one. Let me explain. All believers are meant to enjoy abundant health. It's God's purpose for your life. All believers are meant to enjoy peace. All believers are meant to enjoy provision. All believers are meant to enjoy prosperity. All believers are meant to enjoy the direction of the Spirit. It's a generic purpose. Jesus died for it. All believers are supposed to live their lives without confusion. All believers are supposed to live in quietness and rest. All believers should not be losing their cool. All believers should not experience depression in their lives. It's God's generic purpose. So whilst you're on your way to the specific, make sure that you are enjoying the generic. So let's go into our text. Um, I'm, I'm so excited today. Dear, dear Corinthians, I cannot tell you how much I long for you to come into this wide, open, spacious life. Paul seems to be saying that the gospel is not a restriction, it is a passport. The gospel does not restrict your life, the gospel gives you a passport into the wide, open, spacious life. I mentioned to you that if you're not living in God's mind, you're going to be thinking that the things that you're supposed to be enjoying, the, the, the blessings that you're supposed to be enjoying, you're, you're going to be thinking that um, someone is doing you a favor by, by I, I, I guess what I'm saying, somebody's doing you a favor by giving you access to those things. No, you're supposed to be enjoying it. The moment I found out that Jesus paid the price for my sins, Nothing became too expensive for me to use. If the blood washed my sins for free, then I can enjoy everything for free. And there's a boldness with which I face life now. You know, there's a boldness. I don't, I don't carry myself as though. No, and it is not because I have money in my account. No, it is because the word of God is in my spirit. If Jesus died to pay for my sins... There is nothing that I cannot enjoy in this life. I mean nothing without apologies. The heaven that I'm going to, the streets are not gold-plated. They are made of gold. Listen, some of you buy gold-plated earring and then you rock it. No, no, no. Where we are going, I'm, I'm so important that the Father made the streets. You know, we roll out the red carpets for important people. We roll out the red carpet when we are receiving honorable guests and all of that. I am so important. The streets are not gold-plated. They are made up of gold. I'm going to be walking of gold. The Bible says that we will lay up gold as dust. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how important I am. So if I am that important in heaven as a citizen, when I show up in your space, the favor of God that is upon me, that brought me into salvation, follows me into every other transaction. The favor of God that is upon my life, that brought me into salvation for free, follows me into every other transaction. So nothing is too expensive for me. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said nothing is too expensive for me. 
you give me a first class ticket, I will thank you profusely, but I won't say, who am I? No. I'll say, who am I that you are so, you understand? Who am I? I don't deserve this. No, no, Jesus has made me qualify. You know, some of you spend all your life talking down on yourself. Who am I? Who am I? You, make, you think it makes you look humble. No, it makes you... No, 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 it's not humble. Don't take me away from what I want to preach this morning. So, the gospel is passport into the wide, open, spacious life. It says, we did not fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within you. Your lives are not small, but you can be living it in a small way. It says, I'm speaking to you as plainly as I can, with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. So when, when Paul says, open up your lives, you know what he's saying? Open up yourself to the possibilities of the gospel. Let your heart be open to what the gospel brings. Can we say amen? amen. Let's go to John 10, 9 and verse 10. John 10, 9 and verse 10. I want everybody to read together, want to go. John 10, 9 and verse 10. Let's read together, want to go. You're reading like, you're reading like, um, you're reading like you didn't sleep well last night. How many of you slept well last night? Let's read with gusto, Maury, with gusto, with energy. Amen. Let's read together. I want to go. Let's read the last verse 10 again together. Want to go. So the, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Somebody say life. life. And have it more abundantly. Somebody say more abundantly. Now, please pay attention to this because this is going to bless you. All right. Jesus said, I have come. Okay. I have come. Now, let me ask you a question. In your theology and in your doctrine, has Jesus come? Did he die? Was he buried? So he says the reason. So this is a self-proclaimed mission. I have come. And the reason why I came is so that they may have life. So it means that anywhere you see or hear that Jesus shows up, he shows up so that you can have life. Not just any kind of life, but abundant life. Hallelujah. Abundant life. The big life. That's why Jesus came. Listen. Listen. This is very important. Jesus did not say, I have, you see, many of the things that we attribute to, to Jesus or to God 
are things that religion taught you to attribute to him. Jesus did not say, I have come to locate sinners to impute their sin on them. Jesus did not say, I have come to find sinners so I can knock them with a hammer. Jesus did not say, I have come to discover who, who did what and where and when so that I can call them out. If Jesus were to be living in your time and day, no, he's not going to be calling anybody out. He's not going to be saying, let me call out X and let me call out Y. It's time to call out this. I, you understand? No, no, no. He's not calling out nobody. If Jesus was living in your day, he's not going to take to Instagram to say, now I'm, I'm going to call. This is the big call out. You know what he's going to be doing? This is the big shout out. Are you getting what I'm saying? Shout out to those who I paid for. Shout out to those who are healed. Shout out to those who I blessed. Shout out to those who are forgiven. Shout out to those who I love. Shout out to those who I love. It's not a great call out, it's a great shout out. Shout out to all those whose sins are forgiven. Shout out to all those who have come into boldness. Shout out to all those who are loved unconditionally. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. Shout out to all those who have been forgiven past, present, and future. Shout out to those who are walking in righteousness. It's a great shout out, not a great call out. So whilst you're sitting there waiting for him to call you out, he's saying, shout out to you, your sins are forgiven. Shout out to you, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Shout out to you, your, your, your way is paved. And your needs are met. Shout out to you. That's why when he stood right there, you know, he stood out there. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come. Great shout outs. Great shout out, not great call outs. Come unto me, all ye that are labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Shout out. So while some people are waiting, you know, some people say, if the Holy Ghost were... The Holy Ghost is in the meeting. Let me tell you how they know the Holy Ghost is in the meeting. The Holy Ghost is in the meeting. The Holy Ghost is in the meeting. And then as he starts to speak, some of you have been so bastardized by religion. It would, it, so for some, not you, for some, it would take a whole century to bring that bastardization out. You say, you say the Holy Ghost is in the meeting. How do we know? He's calling out where you were last night. And then, and then, and then everybody's like, oh, and then you're right there. I say, hey, it ain't no call me out. God, I beg, God, I beg, God, I beg. And then some of you, the, the liberty you're supposed to have in church, some of you quickly run outside to go and ease yourself. You're not, you're not pressed. No, not you. It's a great shout out. Not the great call out. <laughs> shout out to the one who was caught in adultery. Yet neither do I condemn you. Great shout out. Can we say amen? amen? So Jesus says, listen to this. You know what to expect whenever you see Jesus. I have come. That they may have life and have it to the full until it overflows. So Jesus did not just come for you to have life. <laughs> that would have been good enough. 
He came that you may have it to the full. Now, I, I told you what full means the last time. Full means exactness. In other words, they counted it. Everything that is in God is in you. Oh, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. No, fool is not, fool is not, fool is, see, fool is not that, you know, some people think of fool as, is now fool, then he's pouring. Mm-mm. Fool is exactness. That is, if God has 10, you have 10. If God has 20, you have 20. As he is, so are you. There's no ability of God that is not at work in you. How many of you give birth to children with no kidney? Then they get kidney as they become 18. How many of you? That's, they, don't, they, don't, they, they, don't, they have no kidney. Then when they get to 18, then the kidney shows up. No. They are born with the same number of details that a full-grown... Are you getting what I'm saying? A, full, a, a small baby girl has a womb. Are you getting what I'm saying? She already has a womb. No, they are not going to fix a womb in when she, when she becomes an adult. She already has the womb. It's just small. Yeah. Keep feeding it. Yeah. Keep feeding that kidney. Hallelujah. One day you will show up and it's a full-blown kidney. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's exactness. Every, everything. Look, um, I, I saw a baby a few years ago, a couple of years ago, that had a defect in... In, in his body, and it was such that he couldn't pass out, you know, ex- excretion. So something was blocked. I guess what I'm saying. He couldn't pass out excretion. Now, look, we know that even as a child, it is a, an abnormality. It's not supposed to be so because he was normally, you're supposed to be able to do everything you're supposed to be able to do. Now, listen, the same person who just came into Christ today newborn babe has all the same abilities of God, all the same potentials of God. No, no, no. See, you don't, you don't get it as you grow up. You are conscious as you grow up. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you have the ability to heal the sick. You don't get it as you grow up. You are conscious as you grow up. You have the word of wisdom. You don't get it as you grow up. You become conscious. It is your consciousness that is your growing up. Your consciousness that you can walk exactly the way Jesus walked. That's your growing up. That's your maturity. Maturity in the new covenant is not, uh, I don't know, maturity is consciousness. Maturity is getting to the point where I say as he has said about me. Where I think as he has taught about me. Praise God forevermore. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Glory to God. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I live the big life. By the way, I forgot because out of excitement, I totally forgot that um, all through the month, right? Our hashtag is hashtag chronicles of the big life. Hashtag big life factory. Hashtag big life. So all your posts, everything you do, just see, it's a consciousness. It's a consciousness. When, when musicians sing and they throw it in the airwaves, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. And some of you, it, it's about adulthood, nah, suddenly. 
suddenly. Then you start wondering when truly you begin to experience the scam of adulthood. <laughs> you start wondering. You say, ah, it's true. Adulthood. Look at just <laughs> just look at somebody. Adulthood now nah, scam. Then when adulthood becomes a scam, you say, why yo, who did this? <laughs> so imagine that you're replacing, let me tell you, imagine that you're replacing those things consciously. Replacing, adulthood is not a scam. You, and you know, that song is very interesting. If you don't grow up, you die young. Wait, let me, let me just say it again. Those of you who are adulthood, you have me, scam. If you don't grow up, you will die young. Which one do you want? <laughs> do you want to grow up? Or do you want to die young? Hello? You see, the reason why many people cannot answer, again, I always say not you. The reason why many people cannot answer is because they feel that growing up is full of troubles. What if you see, some people, they, they want to be responsible, right? But they are not leaning. They don't know who is responsible for them. See, your responsibility, responsibility is a function of you being properly taken care of. Look at what Jesus said about this matter. He says, all that I give to you, I receive from my father. Jesus was not too grown to be, to be able to receive. That's your problem. Some of you are too responsible. There's a blockage. You can't be helped. You can't be helped. Don't help me. Don't help me. Don't help me. You are too grown. You can't be helped. And Jesus deals with people who can be helped. When I go to God, I'm not a man. I'm a boy. Are you guessing what I'm saying? I'm daddy's boy. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't go there to, to act like I got it all together, God. I'm macho. I don't cry. Eh? When I go to my father, I'm a baby. Baby, rock me, baby, rock me. <laughs> that's, why, that's why people are dying of depression. Because they are carrying the weight on themselves by themselves. The devil is a liar. Cast all your cares. Hey. Cast all your cares. Daddy, I'm, I'm 40. Cast all your cares. Daddy, I'm 60. Cast all your cares. Daddy, all my life, nobody has helped me cast all your cares. <laughs> so, you can live life without worry. Truly, I'm telling you, you can live life without worry. All those responsibilities, just soaking yourself. I'm telling you, there are many times I do it. Even, even if it's two minutes, I just do it. There is peace. You want to be responsible. I want to be responsible. I want to do this. I want to do that. Who is responsible for you? Your eyes must be fixed on the one who is responsible for you. Growing up is beautiful. (laughs) Can we say amen? Amen. Oh, glory to God forevermore. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow them that believe, says God. These signs shall follow them that These signs shall follow them that believe. 
sebra di poros delemanti di signs ke palia tepa le to sole pra etpelia tepa zaparakati le kepianti life is easy for you this signs shall follow them that believe this signs shall follow them that believe this signs shall follow them that believe glory to god forevermore thank you dear lord holy jesus thank you precious holy ghost glory to god hallelujah so I said the big life is having an abundance of everything that is required to fulfill God's purpose for your life. An abundance of it. So I, I began to look at Jesus' life. Jesus may not have been your regular big boy, but Jesus has accomplished. He finished. Paul too finished. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. It's an, it's an abundance. It's a sense of understanding your purpose and having an abundance to fulfill it. And in that way, you're not comparing yourself with another because the graces are different. What God has called you to do, they are different. So you're not in comparison with anybody. That's why Paul talked about healthy, unhealthy comparison, comparing yourself with yourself. You are not wise. Because you're not supposed to be comparing yourself with yourself because you don't know the template the other person is running with. You're supposed to be comparing yourself with God's design. Comparing yourself with God's heart. I get what I'm saying. How healthy am I? How healthy did he make me to be? We put it together. If there is a problem in my body and Jesus paid for me to have fullness of health, it is... Of what business is it if I compare my face with your face? I compare my skin with your skin. I compare the way I walk with the way you walk. I compare my smile with your smile. I compare my look with your look. That's why some of you, they are peppering you on Instagram. And they will keep peppering you because you are not looking away from them. All of a sudden, you made somebody the standard for your living. One person. You say you are mates. Our mates. Look at my mates. She has a house. Look at my mates. Who told you you are mates? <laughs> Who told you? Who told you your mates? No, you're supposed every day you're supposed to be analyzing life in sync with do you understand? With the design. How far did he say I can go? How far? And let me tell you, if you do that long enough, let me tell you, no, you won't be full of sorrow. Yeah. Hey, the power of God is in this service. Because let's assume you are back on time. Let's assume you have lost a few years. You will see scripture that says, I restore the years. Yeah. You see scripture, scripture, scripture that says, I will restore the years at the canker worm, the palm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when God is restoring the, the standard principle of rest, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear this. The standard principle of God's resurrection, restoration, restoration is at least seven times better. So if the enemy stole your health, hmm, if he's returning, at least seven times better. Your health or your life, or your finances, or anything you're using as a yardstick or comparison now, the, the enemy is not permitted to bring it just the way he took it. No. No, he's not permitted. No, I don't have the time. That's not what I'm teaching today. I don't, I don't have the time to 
take you. The, the rule, the principle is at least under the law is five times. Okay, better. In the new covenant, it's seven times. So let's assume you're back in life and your eyes are on Jesus. Suddenly, in one fell swoop, you've caught up. And we're not catching up because we're trying to compare ourselves. No, I am where I ought to be in the grand scheme of things. And then I'm moving forward from here on. And I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. So, let's continue. The Lord is helping me today. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Let's look at that abundantly. The word abundantly in the Greek is perisos. Write it down. P-E-R-I-S-S-O-S. By the way, I apologize on our behalf, all of us behalf. Our screen will soon be here. So that you know that we, we, this is not our custom. I just want to apologize. Amen. Now, perisos, please take note of this. This is very important. Perisos means more. Write it down, more. It means more. It means greater. Okay. Now, it also means excessive. 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 And then it also means abundance. Then write this down, please. Very important. If I'm too fast, please let me know. Number one, it means more. Number two, greater. Number three, excessive. Number four, abundance. Number five, it means beyond what is anticipated. I will explain that in a bit. Beyond what is anticipated. It also means exceeding expectation. It also means going past the expected limits. It also means over and above, more than is necessary. Then finally, it means super added. Super added. Over and above, more than is necessary, super added. There's more. Do you want more? (laughs) Do you want more? It means to be superior. It means to be extraordinary. It means to be surpassing. And it means to be uncommon. You see that small word, abundantly. Look at the mouthful. So Jesus said, every time you see me, I have not come to condemn. I came... That they may have life, that life there is away, and not have it in trickles, no. Not have it just enough, no. No, have it excessively. Have it super abundantly. Have it super added. When the world system wants to give you something important, they give you in trickles. When God wants to give you something important, he gives you an excess of it. And we say amen. amen. Say this with me. I have the life of God. Excessively. Say it again. Say I have the life of God. 
excessively. Now, when it says beyond what is anticipated, I want to stay there for a bit. The anticipation was that under the curse of Adam, the anticipation was death. The anticipation was sickness. The anticipation was lack. The anticipation was disillusionment. And I decree that there's somebody here who is listening to me. There is a particular person. It seems as though almost every time you, you seem to always be confused. I decree in the name of Jesus that this life of God that you are hearing about today is breaking that yoke of confusion. Amen. From today as you step out of this service, there is clarity. Amen. There is precision. There is clarity. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So say this with me. I have the superabundant life that Jesus came to give. So perisource is, it means beyond what is anticipated. I'd like to spend some time on this because the anticipation under Adam, the first Adam, was sickness, disease, death. You know when you sit down and all you can anticipate to come is all the evil and all the, you understand? That's all you can anticipate to come. So under Adam, all right, the first Adam, you know, the anticipation was sickness, death, scarcity, lack, and all of that. Jesus now says, I have come to change the order that they may have life. So now, what you are anticipating is life and everything that comes with it. It means that if you ever get into a tight place, you should be anticipating deliverance. Now, not just any kind of deliverance, supernatural deliverance. It means that if the power of God is in this service, if something that is normally supposed to happen to everybody is about to happen to you, you escape. You walk through the circumstance and no, 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 no. You don't spend your life running away from enemies. Enemies run away from you. You're not like this, always running. And something is trying to catch up with you. No, you're like this. Who are you? Where are you? And they are, you understand what I'm saying? And everybody's dead. Now it is goodness and mercy and favor that is in hot pursuit of you. Say this with me. I live the big life. So Jesus came that you may have life. Not in trickles. Not, um, listen. The life that Jesus came for you to have is not the life that you have until your next mistake. It's not the life that you have until your next failure. No, it's an abundant superfluity of life. It is flowing to you excessively. And guess what? Many of you actually think that the life that Jesus came to give to us was only at salvation. When we came into salvation, he gave us once and that's it. No, it's a... You know, it's a continuous thing. He gives you every day. Every day. He made you righteous once. He makes you righteous every day. Oh, you didn't hear that. Oh, wow. Okay. You're healed once. You're healed every day. It's a superfluity of provision, of abundance, of prosperity, of favor. It's not in trickles. And you've got to understand what I'm saying. 
Especially if you live in a culture where you have to manage everything. You manage salts. So you don't put the salts too much so that the salt doesn't finish quick. You manage Maggi. You manage Pepe. You manage all of that. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So you have come into this life that we're talking about with a mind to manage. And God says, break out of that. No. No, we don't manage here. In this kingdom, we don't manage. <laughs> we have an excessivity of it. Let me, let me explain what this is. If I lay hands on the sick and they get healed, I don't feel, ah, the anointing has gone. You know when they say, let virtue be replaced, all these things. The anointing has gone. Who knows when it's going to come back again? You know, and this one that I gave out, it was after 21 days fasting. <laughs> now I need to go back and 21 days again to be full again. That's why people, when they come in, they can't laugh. Because if adventure, they shake their head like this. The anointing will leak. So they just come in. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, there was a story about... How many of you know? You know Benny Hinn, right? You know how Benny Hinn does his healing anointing? You know, just comes in. And he's like, hallelujah. And then, hallelujah. You know? And then all of you think that that's the only way the power of God moves. (laughs) The only way. Play softly on the keyboard. Hallelujah. Okay, what if you now get to a place where there's no mood lights? There's no atmosphere. There'll be no power. Then another guy, an American guy, came in with rap. Rap. And as he was rapping, wheelchair was coming out of the wheelchair. You think you've been taught that it's slow-mo. Everything like that, slow. Slow, and then, you, you, and then there must be goosebumps. Uh-uh. If there's no goosebumps, what is the Holy Spirit? What is, how can the Holy Spirit come and there's no goosebumps? Ah, you must feel it. Your neck must stand everywhere. So you don't, you, you, you cannot imagine somebody dancing. And then somebody sitting on the wheelchair and saying, Oh, how I wish that I can dance like that. And the power of God comes on those legs. What I'm trying to tell you is that the power of God flows through you, not just in one way. It flows through you in multiplicity of ways. Somebody can see your painting and their eyesight will be, will be healed. They have short-sightedness. They see your painting. They get healed. <laughs> Woo! Some of, somebody hears your voice on the phone. And as you are talking on the phone to them, partial deaf ears goes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Handkerchiefs cannot be more intelligent than you. The last time I checked, handkerchiefs are no more intelligent than you. Everything in you carries the power of God. Everything, 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 everything. Somebody says it's very hard for me to hear from God. Very hard, very hard. My dear, you must be, you must be more foolish than a donkey. Eh? Donkey in the Bible that doesn't have human brain could hear the Lord. I was even instructing the man. Say, oh God, you know they see something. Donkey, donkey. In fact, he was so, they call him an ass. Ass. Dumb. Can hear, can hear, can understand the things of the spirit. Donkey. Saw angel. And that's the height of your own spirituality. I see angels. I see angels. Of what use is that? If God speaks to donkey, you are what more than they? That's what Jesus was saying. If I can direct donkey, I can direct you. Even better. 
So I, there's no worry. Oh. I hear from God even in my sleep. Oh. He speaks to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. And it's not because I'm better than anybody. I'm conscious. Yes. In my lifetime, I see blind eyes open. I see deaf ears unstopped. I see people walking in victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Say this with me. I have the superabundant life of God. Say it again. I have the superabundant life of God. Say it again. I have the superabundant life of God. Now, let me ask you a question. The Bible says, Jesus said, I came that you may have life. So wait. Every time you have fellowship with Jesus, he's there that you may have life. It's not only that he's there that you may have life. He's there to make you conscious of what you have. Brothers and sisters, walk. See, Daniel did not live under the new covenant. Yet he produced that much miraculous walking power. How much more are you? There are some things that you hear. You say, ha, ha, fabu, fabu, fabu what? <laughs> say this with me, I have the life of God in me. You're looking for your pen. You don't know where it dropped you. And you just say, precious Holy Spirit, I see that pen now. And all of a sudden, the pen drops on your lap. Ah, P.O.D. <laughs> we don't wait till we get to heaven to experience the supernatural. So let, let's quickly put this thing in context. When Jesus wanted money, he pulled it out of the fish. When Jesus wanted a donkey to ride on, he told them, Go and get the donkey. And some of you will be like, Oh, yeah, now go and do. Don't play with those things. Don't play. Don't do don't it as a joke. I don't know if you understand. Don't, don't, don't do it. Can't bring out money from, can't bring out from the fish. No, don't do that. Let, take your jokes outside of scripture. Take your jokes elsewhere. Don't joke with things you're supposed to be enjoying. Jesus did it. You can do greater. That's what the Bible says. Don't, don't laugh about it. Don't say, eh, Shabi rent has come now. Eh, let's see now. Go and pull, pluck it from the mouth of the fish. My dear, if, if need be, we will. But now, here's how it's working now. It's now working in you as wisdom to know what to do. To know who to call. To know how to go about it. Not human wisdom, but wisdom from the Spirit. Say this with me. Jesus came. Oh, church, I want you to say it out loud. Say, Jesus came. That I might have life. And have it to the full until it overflows. All right, so I have talked about what the big life is, right? Now, where exactly do we find the big life? Where? The big life is found in the lamb slain. So I'm I'm going. There are two. There are two. There are two sides to this second one. So the factory. Where the big life has been created is in the lamb slain. So, so, two sides of the coin. Huh? The lamb slain. You see? The other side, your consciousness of the lamb slain. Big life. It 
if any, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can show me anywhere Jesus had sickness in his body. Show me anywhere. And some of you are racking, Igbo men, they are racking their head now. Before the end of this says, I will show you. <laughs> show me anywhere that Jesus, you know, was confused. Didn't know what to do. One, no, just one now. One. Where he was confused. A situation came, he panicked first, then got himself together. And then said, okay, yeah. Then some of you are saying, well, P.O.D., that's Jesus now. That's not me. But the last time I checked, he said, he that is joined to the Lord. This thing can be so inside you. It can be so in you. See, if you catch yourself panicking, don't beat yourself. If you catch yourself, your first reaction to a situation is panic. Don't beat yourself. Say, ah, no, no, no. Consciousness is increasing. A day will come as you increase in that consciousness. And you can, make, you can be rapid about it. <laughs> a day will come when you hear at the, at the hearing of evil reports. You don't shake. Your first response is not to shake. Your first response is to look inside. Jesus was in a boat. You see, it's a very good Bible story. Until it becomes a consciousness and you begin to live in it. He was in a boat, sleeping. And then the winds were boisterous. I've been on a boat going somewhere to preach before. So I understand. My dear, as I got on that boat, <laughs> first of all, I asked the engineer, I said, this boat, does it work? <laughs> Say, yes, it works. The engine works. Say yes, it works. <laughs> so he started the engine. Started it. It took like three times for it to start. Say hey. <laughs> then we left to honestly as we were leaving the shore. I felt like holding the pavement. <laughs> oh God, where are you going? You won't believe. To, you know, it's very interesting. To your left, nothing, nothing. To your right, nothing. My brothers and sisters, the boat stopped in the water. And then the guy went under to be bringing out stuff. He brought out a sack, sack, bag of rice. He brought it out from under the end. I said, Lord God. On that whole trip, I'm sure the boat stopped at least three, four times. Stopped in the middle of nowhere. There was one he stopped. He was trying and trying. The thing wasn't started. I said, Jesus, is this it? Meanwhile, this is no storm. Calm, normal, calm, no storm. I can't sleep. Sleep. How can I sleep? <laughs> sleep. <laughs> no, I can't. Jesus was in the middle of a storm. You can imagine the deep sleep. They had to go and wake him up. You can imagine that deep sleep. They had to go and wake him up. Then they, they, they woke him up with a guilt trip. Carest thou not that we perish. It seemed as though they knew that ah, if these boats go down, this guy won't die. <laughs> if this boat goes down, with the things we've seen him do, 
he won't die. So, carest thou not that we perish. In other words, Oga, wake up. Save us. <laughs> now, when Jesus woke up, he turned to them and said, the winds and the seas, oh, ye of little faith kind of thing. Like, I've been telling you people this thing all this while. What I do, you can't do. Then he turned with sleep eyes. Peace, be still. And the Bible says, in that instant, oh, God, worry small now. Just worry, let's see. Panic, panic. Hey, hey. Nothing. And you say, well, it's because he is Jesus. Have you forgotten prototype? Prototokos. As he is, so are we. His response to life. Our response to life. So if you find yourself losing peace, panic, well, relax. And then release. Listen, I didn't say cook up. I said release the life of God that is in you. Can we say amen? Amen. Say this with me. These signs follow me. me. Because I believe in Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. These signs follow me. me. Because I believe in Jesus. Jesus. So where is the big life made? Number one, the lamb was slain to give us the big life. Write it down. Number one. The lamb was slain to give us the big life. And then number two, our conscious focus on what the lamb was slain for. So Jesus said, I am come. In other words, this is why I have come to you, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Before we go into this, let's look at Romans 6 and verse 16. I just like it, so I want to just include it as jar. Romans 6 and verse 14, rather. I want us to read it out loud like a mass choir, everybody. I want you to read it out loud like a mass choir. Romans 6 and verse 14. Let's read together, King James. Together, everybody want to go. I want you to read it out loud again, and I want you to read it together. Want to go? So let me ask you: If sin shall not have dominion over you, because you're under grace, will sickness have dominion over you? Will lack have dominion over you? So goes what happens to sin. It so goes what happens to everything else. Lack shall not have dominion over you because you're under grace. Sickness shall not have dominion over you because you're under grace. Failure shall not have dominion over you because you're under grace. Confusion will not have dominion over you because you're under grace. Depression will not have dominion over you because you're under grace. Say it with me. Lack shall not have dominion over me because I am under the grace of God. Say it again. Say, lack shall not have dominion over me because I am under the grace of God. All right, let's look at Revelation 5 and verse 9. 
People say revelations is revelation. <laughs> revelation 5 9. It says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and and tongue and people and nation. Listen, look at what he says. He says, he has redeemed us. The lamb slain has redeemed us back to God. And guess what? Hey, Dupe, he redeemed you out of every tongue, out of every nation, out of every system. Oh, you, did you hear? Out of every people. Let me explain. It means, see, see, look at this. It means that there are things consistent with Yoruba people. There are things, there are things consistent with Hausa people. There are things consistent with Edo people. There are things consistent with Igbo people that we've been redeemed out of. Now, let me put it like this. There are things consistent with the genealogy of your parents. Daddy had diabetes. Mommy had diabetes. This person had diabetes. That person had diabetes. He has redeemed you out of it. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. You didn't hear what I'm saying. Look, uh, you know, as a, as a young man, I have stayed around my father for a long time. And they said that every man, once you get to 40, you have to go and begin to check, check your prostrate. Because it can get enlarged once you get to 40. So you can imagine me hearing those kind of conversations. And then I have to agree whether to believe what I see or believe what the word of God says. So now, here's the point. I can be getting ready that in four years, I'm going to have to begin to go check my body. You understand what I'm saying? Or I can say, no, that's not me. I don't take part in that. No, you can choose. You, it's up to you. That no, I, I don't take part in that kind of conversation. I'll be 60, 70, 80, 90, as long as I want, and there'll be no trace. Oh, as God lives, there'll be no trace. There'll be no trace. So you can have, because these are normal conversations in the environment. But it says he has redeemed us. So you don't say, this is how our people behave. People. This is how we are. He has redeemed you from thinking like that. Now when he says from every tongue, there is a tongue of lack. Yeah. You know lack has a tongue. You understand? Frustration has a tongue. I get what I'm saying. He has redeemed you from those kind of tongue. Depression has a tongue. There's a way depressed people talk. There's a way frustrated people talk. Yes. You understand? There's a, these, these are things. Do you understand? The only tongue you have is the Holy Ghost tongue. Yes. The Bible says no man can tame the tongue, right? Yes. But the Holy Ghost is not a man. Yes. The Holy Ghost can tame your tongue yes. to speak in accordance with your inheritance. Yes. How can you have an inheritance of health, but you're speaking lack? You're speaking sickness all the time. Yes. And let me tell you, just because that's what's happening does not mean that that's what you should be saying. 
Because the last time I checked, your heavenly father saw darkness, yet he said, let there be light. So some of you can look at the darkness and say, wow, see darkness, darkness, darkness. Then guess what? You start calling your friend to describe the darkness. My dear, if you see this darkness, I've never seen it in my life. Then you call your colleagues at work. You start describing the darkness. He has taken the loose tongue out of your mouth. The Bible says those who are in Zion, there's a place called Zion. None in Zion shall say, I am sick. And then some Christians, to explain it, they say, they don't want to say, they say, my enemy is sick. My enemy has headache. Or they come to you, they say, POD, I'm very rich. If you are rich, <laughs> why are you here? Or they'll say, POD, I'm very strong right now. I'm very strong. If you are strong, behave like it. It's Christian lingo. They don't know how to, you understand? They don't know how to talk. No. Our faith does not deny the fact. Our faith simply superimposes the truth. I feel a headache, but I am the healed of the Lord. I don't have resources right now. You understand? But we have a mighty supply. That's how we talk. And that way, you have not denied the fact, but you have superimposed the truth. Because the other way, we don't know what you are saying. My enemy is sick. What are you saying? (laughs) My enemy has headache. They wanted to kill my enemy. (laughs) Meanwhile, when they fired the arrow, it will touch you. eh? It's not, it's not, it, 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 no, see, you have, it, it, Jesus, the lamb slain, look at this, the lamb slain has redeemed you from every tongue, tongue of failure, tongue of weakness, tongue of depression. You know, the Bible says the tongue is a, is a rudy, very small instrument, but it can channel the course of a person's life. The tongue can spark a fire, says the spirit of, says, says the word of God, right? What if that fire is fire of the Holy Ghost? What if you're sparking fire of, you're, you're igniting fire of passion towards your dream, towards your vision, with your tongue? Now, what is in the environment is jackpa, 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 jackpa. Jackpa, everybody, jackpa, jackpa. What are you looking for? Better future, better life. Greener pastures. But you see how small some people's minds can be. You're jackpine, eh? To go and be washing plates in Canada. The devil is a liar. Yeah. But, but, but that's why we're talking today. That you don't settle on something that is not a description of who you are. Hey, the Bible says, kings shall come to my rising. Now, when the last time, when I read that scripture, it didn't describe what century is going to happen. It didn't say it will happen in the 19th century, but it won't happen today. It just says, kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. It didn't say whether they are sophisticated kings or not. It didn't say whether they are millennial kings, whether they are 21st century kings. It just says, kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. 
Some of you think that the, that the word of God is only true for a cake days when they didn't know anything. Now today everybody's woke. How can kings come to the brightness of your rising? The Bible says that the hearts of kings, kabaya, they are in the hands of God. And he turns it with us wherever he wills. It's only one thing that it takes for a king to love you. He sets his eyes on you. God turns his heart, favor them. That's all. Once you understand it, you cease to fight those who didn't help you. Because it was not in their place to help you. For if it was in their place to help you, they would have helped you. My help comes from the Lord Most High. I will lift up my eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You stop fighting those. They didn't help me. They didn't help me. The Lord is my helper. So God opens people's hearts on my behalf. Say, I've been redeemed from every tongue. I've been from every Say this, I've been redeemed from the tongue of lack. The tongue of depression. The tongue of frustration. The tongue of scarcity. I've been redeemed unto God. Let me explain that. If they say you have been redeemed unto God, Hey, Lord, thank you for the words. Ah. Mm. <laughs> if you say you've been redeemed unto God, it means that atmosphere has switched to. You are unto God. Ah, okay. Um, it means that you will now be experiencing things that are consistent with God, the one to whom you have been redeemed to. You've been redeemed unto God. God doesn't play small. God doesn't play scarce. God is clear all the time. You've been redeemed unto him. If a... Okay, let's use this example. If I say, Queen, you are doing apprenticeship with person A. He's Akagom. You've been redeemed unto him. Now you have been joined to another person, person B, who is lavish. He calls you in the morning. He says, well, have you eaten? He say, no, sir, I've not eaten. Ah, take $10,000. Go and eat. <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> Then he calls you, then he calls you, then he calls you the next day. So, see, unto God has to do with the character of God. The nature of God. Who God is. What he's able to do. That's why if I'm the devil, I will try to twist the character of God to you. I'll tell you he's angry. So that you will never go. Because I know that if you go, he will be God to you. Hey, you don't understand. He says, I will, they will be my people. And I will be God to them. You know what God to them means? If they get to a place where Red Sea needs to be parted, I will be God to them. They get to a place where quail needs to come to feed people who are hungry. I will be God to them. God to them means that I will move whatever needs to be moved. Hey. I will shake whatever needs to be shaken so that the people can be rich and so that they can be blessed. Anything that needs to move must move. And if it's a human being, you will move. So, as he was, as he was walking on behalf of, of Israel, he was telling Pharaoh, you can, you can catch them. You can still catch them. Then he was helping them. 
ferociously. Then he was also telling Pharaoh, you can catch them. Go! You can catch them. So Pharaoh will say, I will go and I will catch them. <laughs> Same God. Then he's talking to these ones. I'm helping you. And I'm, do you understand what I'm saying? So he's hardening these hearts of this one. Go, go hard after them. You know why? So that your disgrace will be so obvious. And so that their deliverance will be so obvious. That which God is doing in your life is as clear as light and darkness. As day and night. We will not be able to ask, has the Lord blessed us or no? It will be, the Lord has blessed me. There will be no confusion about it, whether whether or not. No, it's broad daylight kind of stuff. It's the kind of stuff we'll be loud about. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my helper. He has redeemed me. So, he has redeemed you from tongues. You understand? There's a tongue of those who are failing, who are not going anywhere in life. There's a tongue of people who this economy is hard on. It's not you. You'll be redeemed from that tongue. <laughs> Look at the idea of what I'm saying in my heart. Whether I join or not join, join it. There's a tongue of that washes people down. You understand? You go into a salon to go and make your hair. They are, they are, they are, they are tearing people with their words. Do you understand what I'm saying? By the time they finish, you come out. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh my God. How many of you have been to a place where you just hear all kinds of, ah! By the time you come out, you're like, what did I just hear? That tongue is not your tongue. The lamb was slain to bring you out. So how do we measure growth? How do we measure progress? Is that your tongue is lining up with God's tongue. If you catch yourself, say, I'm confused. Retract. I am clear in my thoughts. People like to work with people who are clear. So if you keep talking confusion, you think you, you, you attract sympathy. No, people... <laughs> I beg you. Beg. No, can't use your own sperm. <laughs> Let's look at that scripture. Kai, I, I, need, I need to run now. I can't even finish, so we'll just stop somewhere. So, where is the big life made? It's made, it has been made in the lamb slain. In other words, the lamb was slain for it. For the big life. And what is the big life? Life that has an abundance of everything that is needed for you to fulfill your purpose here on earth. In other words, everything that you need to fulfill God's purpose, you won't look for it. Amen? Amen. Am I speaking prophetically to you? That everything you need to fulfill God's purpose for your life won't be wanting. There will be a super abundant supply of it. And let me tell you, if it includes... See, like I said, we're not saying that it is first-class tickets, private jets, you know, Dubai chilling picture taking, all of that. That's not what I was saying. But what I'm saying is that if he includes that, so be it. (laughs) The Lord is not shy. It says, for thou was slain and has redeemed us to God. In other words, you've redeemed us to the character and the nature of God. All right, you've redeemed us by every, um, by, by your blood. 
out of kindreds. Let me break some tables. You're about to get married. You say, this is Ominana. It's Ominana. Don't even go there. Don't even... Let, me, let, me, let me just touch this once and for all. Let me just touch you once and for all. Ladies, are you hearing me? Yes. They say to your boo, your lay boo, this is Omenana. This is how it is done. And you, no muscle in you to protect the guy. They are about to tear him to shreds. Even you, you are joining them to tell him, prove yourself to a man now. Say, be a man, prove yourself to them. I don't know. <laughs> Did you hear that you've been redeemed out of the kindred? You don't say, eh, eh, this is our village people. No, our village people only to the degree that it is in line with God's word. This is how you stand, man. You stand. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't, no, you stand. I've been redeemed out of every kindred. See, let me tell you, if you don't stand like that, if diabetes come and it's in your kindred, you will partake. Come out of them. Out of every kindred. Out of every tongue and people and nation, including Nigeria. You know, when I was younger, everybody look up at me. I used to say I was a patriotic citizen of this country. Going where? Patriotic. I'm telling you, I could fight you, 15, 16, I could fight you if you talk evil about Nigeria. Nigeria will be great. Nigeria will be great. Let me say my words carefully. Hear me. Nigeria will still be great. But I'm a citizen of the world. <laughs> Brother, say amen. amen. Thank you. I'm a citizen of the whole world. Anywhere there are people. Yes. <laughs> so long as people, people, people. Eh. <laughs> no, no, but, but you know. If there are people in Nigeria too. <laughs> so it's people. Because the last time I checked, Nigeria is only a geographical location. Is it people? Some people are saying POD. Yes. 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 Thank God. Let me go and buy my ticket. <laughs> I told somebody, um, an Uber guy that took me um, to last Thursday. Last Thursday. I was talking with the guy, and he's ready, getting ready to leave to the UK. And I was telling him, I said, you know, follow the leading of God's spirit for your life. I knew. <laughs> he was saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I knew. I knew. I said, follow. Ask the Lord. He will lead you. He will guide you. Said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but let me be serious about this. There was something I told him. That I'm going to mention to you. Isaac got up in a farming land to live like everybody else. God told him, don't go. And then the Bible says, God blessed him in that land. See, this is the problem I have with Japaism. It seems as though God cannot bless you except you are in another location. That's what I have a problem with. So the idea is that, look... You are flourishing here, then you want to experience another kind of flourishing, and then you're going somewhere else. I know I'm touching some things, but no problem. You understand? I'm the one preaching now. Amen. Amen. Hello. 
You see, because this idea of, of flourishing that is tied to a location, that is not tied to a person, the person that you are in Christ, is faulty. When you get to that location, you may struggle as well. And if the system, listen, oh boy, if the system that you think is in place that helps people to succeed comes against you, you start to struggle. The last time I checked, listen to me, because I'm saying this by the Spirit. The last time I checked, they planned the system against Isaac. And as the system turned against him, he was still rising. That is the anointing of God's Spirit. So if that thing you're running to, for example, they have a good healthcare system. What if the system fails? Shouldn't you still be healed? That's all I'm asking. (laughs) If the educational system fails, shouldn't you still prosper? What if the entire city gangs up against you because you are black? There's a movie like that where they refuse to sell a a bank to a black guy. He had to go and employ a white guy. What if they come against you like that? Because of the anointing of this life upon you, you will still rise. Yes, then guess what? They will say, behold, what manner of man is this? That even all the things we've thrown against him has still not worked. Now, why am I saying this? Brothers and sisters, some of you might go outside of this country. But in the name of Jesus, you will not go there as a beggar. Amen. You will not go to beg the system to favor you. No, you will shine the light of God. Despite that system. You don't go there to go and, to go and be hiding. Go and be, when you hear the popo, you, <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just say, meh, you just hide. Or you have to marry somebody to get documents. You say it's contract marriage. In the name of Jesus, that's not you. In the name of Jesus, that's not you. Any progress that will look like you have to cut corners, cut corners, cut corners. No, that's not you. That's not you. It's straight like this. You, I have lifted up my hands. No, so. You will not say that this system blessed me. That because I, 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 you know, no, 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 no. One of my, one of my former children was living in London. And was living in London. And he had gotten so bad, she was hiding from everybody. Then the dad told her, say, go and arrange contract. I said, you can never do that. It's better for you to come back to this country. And she came back. Just have your dignity, man. (laughs) Then the next time you are going, let it be. You know, oh boy, Um, Joshua said, check. You all know in your own hearts that not one word of all of the promises that God has said has fallen to the ground. It's all been fulfilled. So let, let it be that you're coming back to now launch out again. But this time, you're not launching out as a pauper. When you go in, you'll be celebrated. They say, oh, that's one of the biggest importers of fabric in Africa. And now they roll out the red carpet for you. You are not hiding from the police. That's not the life of God. If you like me, fine. If you don't like me, it's okay. (laughs) And you give the Lord a shout of praise. Revelations 5 and verse 12. We'll close with this one. Revelations 
Revelation 5 and verse 12. I'll close with this one. This is good. So we'll just close. Alright, let's read together. One to go. Let's read it one more time. One to go. Saying with a loud voice. Uh huh. Now let's 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 do an illustration. NK, come please. I've never used you as an illustration today. So it's time to use NK. Let's give NK a big hand. Amen. Now, so when you read this scripture, you read it as, Lord, I give you glory, I give you honor, I give you praise, I give you blessings. And I'm wondering, who born you to give him honor? <laughs> honor. Glory. You give, you give the Lord glory. <laughs> or you give the Lord blessing. Okay. You give the Lord riches. Oh, yes. You give the Lord strength. <laughs> Isn't it laughable? I bless you, Lord. I strengthen you, Lord. I strengthen you, Lord. Lord, you are strengthened by me. No, no, no. So, look at this. Because I'm going... I said two things. This is how the, the, the big life is made. The big life factory. Number one, your revelation of the lamb slain. The lamb was slain for the purpose of receiving... My queen, please come. The purpose of... You hold this water. This is the lamb slain. This is the Christian. This is God. So the lamb was slain so that sons of men can become sons of God. So that now, listen, all that God is can be transmitted to them legally. Write it down. Legally. (laughs) Very important. So, So this is the lamb slain. What is the lamb that was slain? Why is it worthy? Why is the lamb slain worthy? Because the last time we checked, he has no spots. He has no wrinkles. He has no blemish. He's the lamb. The lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the whole world. So he's worthy to receive from God that which no other man. Remember that in another, in Revelation, in another scripture, they said, who was worthy? I think in the same Revelation 5. Who was worthy to open the seal and to loosen the book and to look into it? And the Bible says they looked around and they saw no man was worthy. And then the angel, so John started to weep. And then the angel said, weep not. You see, all the announcements about our freedom always came with good tidings of great joy. It's things that you're supposed to be rejoicing about. You've escaped. So worthy now is the lamb that was slain to receive these items from God and give to you. To receive riches from God. And give to you. Because last time I checked, he doesn't need riches in heaven. He doesn't spend money. The place where we need riches is here on earth. But guess what? According to his riches in glory. In other words, the source is there. The user is here. The source is there. The user is here. The source is not in the central bank. That's why I laugh. When they are doing all that they are doing. The source of the wealth is not in the central bank. It's not in the economy. According to his riches in glory. If heaven is not running bankrupt, then I'm good. Because the last time I checked, 
I am an ambassador for Christ. Ambassadors don't meddle with the economy of the homes of the of the country where they are sent to. They are concerned about the home states. You begin to panic if the home state is panicking. But the last time I checked, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father of the Majesty on high, so that you on earth can be seated too. If he has cause to stand, then you stand. Last time I checked, he will never stand. He's sitting. Some of you say when we praise him. When we praise him, we praise him, we praise him, we praise him. Is he a gege bread that is rising? No. He is seated. And the church is seated too. So the lamb slain received. So take look at all the content of what he received. That is what should be in your life. In full expression. Honor. You see, that's what I was just saying. Honor. Look, when we talk about honor, some of you think, honor is that, look, everywhere you go, people are going to be able to spot the uniqueness. Whether you open your mouth or not, they will spot that this one is not from here. This one carries the DNA of heaven. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says when the apostles were passing, as they were passing, their shadows healed the sick. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you carry the DNA of heaven as you show up all men will identify you as the DNA of heaven and they honor you. They receive you with gladness. They open their doors to you. You have a business proposal. They say, come and help us. There's a difference between you trying to make somebody buy and them knowing that we need what she's selling. <laughs> so if you're trying to make them buy, you convince and convince and convince and convince. When God opens their hearts to know I need what this person is saying. They say, supply more. So he received from the Father to give to you. Because you're the user. He is the source. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus is the lamb slain. Receive from the Father, give to you. Receive from the Father, give to you. Now, um, if you ever have kids, or you ever have kids around you, you understand that. If the kids begin to throw tantrums, you just receive and give. That receiving can be from your purse. They don't care where you are bringing it out from. All we care about is that we receive. So brothers and sisters, in the lamb slain is everything you need to function effectively on earth. That is the big life. The big life is not stashing dollars in your account. The big life is that when you need dollars, it shows up. The big life is not you. No, no, no. The big life is having a commercial presence that causes everything to follow you as ordained by the headquarters of heaven. All things are mine. All things are mine. All things are mine. That's the big life. I lack nothing because God has abundantly supplied. If I need um, a legion of agents, I'll just simply call. That's how you're supposed to live. If I need it, I'll call. And I'll be given. If Jesus was giving, you are giving. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's a big life. What is the lamb that was slain? To receive from the Father and give to me. Big life factory. Where is the big life made? The lamb slain was slain to give to me. Now here's the other thing. You that has been giving, stop acting like you don't have. Spend time focusing on the lamb slain. 
My brother, if my sister, if you are giving me ten thousand dollars every day, I will focus on you. I will keep my eyes on you. You understand what I'm saying? So now your help does not come from the east or from the west. It doesn't come from abroad. It comes from above. So we'll keep our eyes on him. He has received and he has given. The other thing that you're going to notice when you do that is that it's not about to be given. It has been given. So you are coming to know the extent of what has been given. You are not about to be rich. You are knowing just how much you are. You are not about to prosper. You are finding out how prosperous you already are. Big life factory. He has The lamb was slain for it. I spent time with it. I spent time gazing on it. That's the factory. Listen to me. I wrote down something. You, you, you may be seated. Let's give them a big hand. Yeah. Let's give them a big hand. I want to close on this note. Everybody sitting here and every human being on the planet. Yesterday, as I was driving home, literally, I had to stop and write this down. Because what happens is, when I'm preparing to teach, everywhere that I am, <laughs> I'm not myself. Words would just be poop. So I had to pack. The Spirit of God said to tell you, everybody on the face of the earth have a gift of imagination. Everybody. Yeah, oh. Everybody can imagine something. Everybody. But to some, their imagination becomes torment. To others, their imagination becomes gladness. It depends on who you're partnering with. So when you partner with the Holy Ghost, this is the big life factory. When you partner with the Holy Ghost, conversion is made. Conversion is made of the imagination to tangibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost helps you to make a conversion. So normal human being, anybody can imagine stuff. But some will end up being tormented and frustrated. You imagine, just imagine, you sit down, you imagine yourself in first class, you imagine yourself in first class, you imagine yourself flying, you imagine yourself doing this, then they slap you back to reality. Then you now come back to reality. You're in squalor. Then suddenly a depression comes upon the person. Another person is in the same squalor. Then God opens his eyes. But the difference is that there's a partner. He's called the comforter. He's called the Holy Ghost. So this guy is sitting down here now. And then imagination has been opened. And now it's not just imagination to torment you. It's imagination to make you glad. The difference is who you are partnering with. So here's how we're going to do it. God opens your eyes. You start to imagine. Then you start to talk in the Holy Ghost. In partnership with the Holy Ghost. You're making the conversion. How many of you have ever converted AVI to MP3? MP3 to the... Do you understand? It's in the place of fellowship with the Holy Ghost and that place of prayer that you take all of those big imaginations and convert them into tangibility. By the time you're done, while others are frustrated, you are glad. While others are, listen, a good time of imagination in partnership with the Holy Ghost. I just see you in your room after you have done the conversion. Now you're dancing. Because now you've seen victory. Listen, if you've not experienced what I'm talking about, it's going to look like fairy tale. Go and do it this week. Think about, start imagining your business. First of all, the Bible says um, that he's able to do what? Exceedingly, there, go on, abundantly, above what? Uh huh. That you can ask or think. So what is thinking? What is thinking? What is thinking? 
as you're thinking it, you're imagining it. It says he's able to do above, exceedingly above, abundantly above, all that you can ask or think. Listen, asking is one level. Thinking is another level. Thinking is beyond the borders of limitation. Beyond the borders of what your bank In fact, some of you, you know, as you're just thinking, you just, let me just think about what it would look like to just fly, fly first class one day, you know. And you just start to think. See, we know that they are really after you if you can't even think. That's the village people. They are really, really after you. If not only, you know, there are some people, they can't ask. But now you can't even think. That's, you can't think. You've looked everywhere and there's no thoughts as to how you come out. We know they're after you. So if you cannot ask, at least you can think. And the Bible says he's able to do beyond it. So what is the big life? The big life is life that is beyond the limitations of living on this planet Earth. Limitations of your bank account. Limitations of the things that you don't have. It's possible, brothers and sisters, as I close, that the next phase of that project will be full of favor. (laughs) You won't actually have to spend as much as you thought you would spend. Oh, you didn't hear me. Let me talk to this guy. That the next phase, except that you're looking at me and there's nothing you're working on, I can't help you. But if there's something on your heart, what if the next phase of that thing is favor phase? From beginning to the end. Now, listen. Favor is not that you are lazy. Favor is that you've been helped. Because the last time I checked, somebody burnt all the midnight candle. They did not, by the morning, they... Are you hearing what I'm saying? They woke up and they, they went back to normal. And nothing happened. See, don't be the kind of person that, that likes to pride in how much work you did. It's good. It's good to burn the whatever can do you want to burn. But somewhere along your journey, there has to be a story of how God favored you outside of yourself. If everything that you have in your life came out of your hard work, I won't say more than that. So, let's close on this note. Say this with me. I have the lamb slain. I have the lamb Say it again. Say, I have the lamb slain. I have the lamb slain. Say, I see the lamb slain. I see the lamb slain. So, look at me, everybody. I want to say these two things. This week and this month, we will stay in fellowship with the Lamson. We'll stay in fellowship with the Lamson. No, don't, don't, it's not a church cliche. Create time for it. The things you are not seeing is because you are not looking at the Lamson. Now, listen to me. In that time, I don't know if it happens to you, but let me just say my own experience. How do I know? that I need a refill. Now, I know it, but I don't know it. So I take out time. Sometimes, eh, it might just be 30 minutes. That conviction just sits weighty on my heart. You can't change it. It is that one I'm talking about. That time of intimacy. We, all, we now have good songs, Abby. Put your earphone. Put it. 
put it. Me, I like my room to be dark. I turn my lights off because somehow it just helps me with my focus. You put that earphone there. You play the songs you like. That whatever, that whatever does anything to you. Play it. And this time, no, you are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit consciously. Beholding the lamb slain and converting the things he has made available to you. And making a confession of those things in that time of prayer. Come back at the end of August. I dare you. Come back at the end of August. See, if, you do, if you're not carrying the thing in your hand, you'll be full of the pregnancy so much. Nobody can tell you otherwise. It's just to give birth. Big life factory. When you get into a factory, what you are seeing is people are producing stuff. People are producing stuff. People are producing stuff. The peace that you need is not in Nigeria. The peace is in the lamb sling. Yes. The joy you need is in the lamb sling. Are you getting what I'm saying? The prosperity you need is in the lamb sling. The money you need for that project is in the lamb sling. No, it's not in... You see, I had a, I had a PA one time who... He was when we were teenagers. Who I traveled to Switzerland. And he called me from where he was. I said, P.O.D. When I was in Nigeria, he had told me I was using an iPad 1. You know iPad 1? He told me that, P.O.D., I need an iPad. I said, okay. So I just thought he was. Then he called me again. He said, I need an iPad. And I told him, I said, with what I know about the iPad, it may not be good for you. Go, go for a Google Nexus instead. He now said, eh, but there is an iPad he wants. So I said, eh, buy it now. <laughs> so while I was in the store, he sent me a message. I said, P.O.D., I'm telling you because I want you to buy it for me. Now, I'm not going to say the name. So I, I said, eh, have you told the Lord? True. I said, did you tell the Lord what you need? He said, no, I just told you. I told him, I said, purity is not your source. God is. Tell him first. He can use me to do it. But you tell him first. You don't tell me first. Because you don't even know. At that time, I was only four, five, six years older than them. But I was paying people school fees. I was doing stuff. Y'all are not asking me how I'm surviving in school. Tell the Lord. First. Then he can lead you to. It is that thing that removes entitlement. Yes, yes, Tell yes, the Lord. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the last time I checked. His hands are not short. Yes. He will reach you. Hello. We got to close. Say this. I have the big life. Say it again. Say, I live the big life. Hello, church. Have you been blessed? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory! Rise to your feet. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. It trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church. 
and on Instagram at the Blueprints Church. Cheers.